Hello there, and welcome to the Tiger Talks with Hunter Amon and Charlie Clark. Today we'll be discussing our detailed opinions on the book Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson and the many topics surrounding it. First off, we'll start off with the backstory of the whole book. For sure. This novel tells the life story and accomplishments of lawyer and New York Times bestselling author Brian Stevenson and highlights his famous Walter McMillan case. On November 1st, 1986, 18-year-old Rhonda Morrison was murdered at a dry cleaner in Monroeville, Alabama. A local citizen by the name of Ralph Myers was forced by police to make up a fake story regarding the event and went on to frame a local pulpit farmer for the murder, even though he had zero relation to it. The story of Just Mercy revolves around Walter McMillan and the injustice he faced over six years in the U.S. penitentiary and judicial systems. This horrible event led to the wrongful conviction of an innocent man and began the fight between right and wrong. With the assumption that you have already read the contents of Just Mercy, we would like to share with you our interpretation of the novel. And if you have not read the book or do not know a lot about the topic on hand, this is your spoiler warning. The first topic that comes to mind and is most prominent throughout the whole book is systemic racism, specifically in the judicial system. So yeah, systemic racism is just not one thing you can key, like, on directly, I'd say. Um, too many different parts of it, and so we're going to go over both parts that we have, um, that were faced on in the book, and parts that were in general in life. So let's start on with um, mass incarceration of people. Yeah, I feel like mass incarceration is a horrible and somewhat scary topic in U.S. history, seeing that we are the single highest nation on the leaderboard for uh, incarcerating people, and that's certainly not something to be proud of. It's caused many people mass uh, a lot of mental illness, such as a character from the book Avery, who had a hard time and did not have a fair trial due to his mental illness. Yeah, totally. And back to like the whole mass incarceration thing, it's honestly kind of sad at certain points. Like in the United States, um, people, especially some people of color, are less likely to um be let out of prison early, even if they have good behavior, just because of the profits that our prison system makes. At the end of the day, it's really kind of sad that um, like, we're going to let people have traumatizing, uh, the rest of their lives that can lead again to um severe mental illnesses just so our government can get more money from people. And then let's not forget the main topic of this book, wrongfully convicted people. I mean, Walter McMillan is one of many, and he is not even the only character who was wrongfully convicted in this book. There's so many various characters who face a, a lifetime of torment after con- committing no crimes, but simply being black or uh, relating to a certain religion. It really, this book is not fiction. I, many people know that, but they do not have a grasp on how real this problem is. It's not exaggerated in the book. I mean, the, imagine your life was completely ruined by this topic. It, it would be truly heartbreaking. And I certainly feel that for Walter McMillan and all of those people. I just feel uh, so sorry and I honestly feel like I, I could never understand that. I mean, coming from my perspective, the only uh, 
I could never imagine my life shaping out like that. But uh, seeing that that is a reality for them, it really scares me and makes me feel a little bit disappointed in my nation. Yeah, totally. And like the fact that people be wrongfully convicted, not because like it's like by accident, not like they're the number one suspect and they're like in all points led to them, but it just eventually just wasn't them. And that's just like a sad mistrial. No, just because like the fact someone is scared and they need to make up a fake story. Like in the example with Ralph Myers. And just because of someone's color of their skin, it's going to be like have their life ruined like that. It's just like kind of really disappointing. I know like that sounds really like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like not deep enough because disappointing is nowhere near the level of like sadness it brings to my heart when I hear about stories like this. Especially, I mean, even when you look at people who have committed crimes, our judicial system and our penitentiary system, they're horrible places to be in. And uh, although some people may be guilty, they're still uh, made out to be horrible people. And I really, I love Brian Stevens' perspective on the topic because he highlighted that uh, it doesn't matter how bad of a person you are, there's still light that shines through you. And that a person's worst crime does not define their character. And I completely agree with that. I mean, later on, we'll get to discussing the death penalty. But uh, I really feel as though the prison system in America should be a rehabilitation center for people and not just a little spare parts area for those unwanted in our society. Yeah, totally. And the, the treatment that has to go in this penitentiary system is terrible. Like, I know we already mentioned it, but the mental illness... Like, a sad thing is a lot of these people, just because of the severity of the crimes, and sometimes not even the severity of the crimes, just because, like, they'll have a bad trial, they'll have to be sent to um, solitary confinement. And studies have shown, like, the toll um, solitary confinement has on you, just for a short amount of time, like, you can go mentally insane within, like, hours of solitary confinement. And the fact that so many people throughout their trials and stuff, they go with that, I can't even imagine. Like, people start to imagine, like, that they're, like, it's basically, like, being, like, high on drugs, but, like, you're not high, and it's, like, all, like, the mental disorders, you know, like, pe- like, people get, like, PTSD from it, it's, like, really depressing. Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying, especially when you look at uh, our protagonist, Walter McMillan, you can see how, in his later years, he develops dementia. And this is not uh, because of natural causes. This is because prison caused him so much trauma that he inherited this horrible disease. And just because it's not a physical thing, he really, uh, there was no help for him. And only later on do we see uh, that outside sources, once he is finally released from prison, are able to help him but whilst he is in prison nobody does anything to help him through his struggle besides the prisoners themselves because only they can grasp how much pain he is enduring and this is not uh not uncommon so many people are facing this 
and it's because of people on the outside. I mean, especially growing up with two people who are involved with legal matters, my parents may not deal with um, murders and murderers, but uh, I'm sure they have a grasp on the subject. And almost everyone can agree that what's going on as prisons is not okay, but nobody is really acting on the topic. And that's what I found so frustrating with our society today. Yeah, so I was going to talk about this in a little bit, but I think it's a perfectly good um, transition to a topic that we have to say, like changes in the judicial system. Um, First of all, I think we should mention like the harsh penalties that um, children are facing. Um, I'm going to actually have a quote from sentencingproject.org. It says, the passing of laws to outlaw the death penalty on children as well as limited life without parole sentences to homicide offenders ban the use of mandatory life without parole. And what that basically is saying is, um, it's basically saying that like some of these like crimes that these kids are facing are when they're 16, like they're so young and then like also, like, have to be sentenced to death because of it. Like, these kids are, have, like, no grasp on life, and some of the times they have no idea what they're doing. Like, it's very different to sentence, like, a 14-year-old kid for an accidental murder than a, like, 48-year-old man who, like, in cold blood, like, murdered someone. But, like, sometimes their, like, sentence is exactly the same. And this, the fact that, like, no one's ever really talking about this is really unacceptable, in my opinion. Yeah, I remember uh, putting this quote into our outline. I mean, obviously, we're letting you into a little behind-the-scenes peek of our podcast. But we had to make a detailed outline of our topics that we wanted to discuss. And we did some research and found out that it wasn't until Brian Stevenson and many others like him uh, in very late into the 19th, uh, 20th century, argued against, um, the death penalty on kids and, um, limited life parole without sentences to homicide offenders. Uh, the fact that this was even being placed upon kids in the first place is truly atrocious. I mean, what this is basically saying is that kids have no, uh, no way to improve uh sentencing sentencing a kid to the death penalty is saying that they have no way towards rehabilitation and that they are garbage and it highlights that they are nothing that they are worthless and i don't think that of anybody brian stevenson certainly did not either because eventually he argued to um pass laws to outlaw this but for a long time, children were facing these um, horrible punishments, and it is truly unacceptable. Yeah, not even children, just like people in general. I'm gonna actually bring this back, not from like a 1980s perspective, 1990s when like, this crime happened, but to 2020. Um, recently in the news, you might have heard about the case of Bryn Bernard, who is sadly just um, murdered on death row for a crime he committed 20 years ago when he was 18 years old. Like, I think that's just so unacceptable. Like, 
the fact that this man has literally like changed his life for the past 20 years. People say that he's like nothing like the man he was when he was 18. He was so young then. Like literally nothing to the person that he like he's had it's been more time since that event than he'd been alive at the time. His character since then is nothing like when he was then. But you know, sadly President Trump and the Supreme Court even though the Biden administration said that they wouldn't have um you know gone through with the execution sadly um pulled the trigger and at least lost another man to the death penalty I mean yeah it's truly shocking I don't think uh he was probably not well represented and not much was done to um protect him from all of these horrible punishments and that's because in our country we actually have a lot of people who want to see this happen as brian stevenson talked about everyone is broken himself included and uh some believe that uh by throwing stones in a, a figurative manner at those who are weak they can make themselves feel less broken and uh, there are not many in this world who are catching those stones, but Brian Stevenson himself was one of those. And I just, I feel so sad that Brian, uh, Brandon Bernard did not have anyone there to catch the stones thrown at him. And unfortunately, he died. Uh, it just shows so much about who we are as a country and uh, how even now in 2020, we still have so far to go towards racial equality. Uh, it seems as though we haven't made much progress. We, we have indeed made some progress as a nation, but there is much left to go uh, towards racial equality, uh, equality towards children, and um, the perspective we have on those who have committed crimes uh, within the judicial system. Yeah, totally. Um, and just on like the context of that, even though it's not really related to the book, I think it's very important for us to highlight, you know, the effects of systematic racism in 2020. Like, I'm going to start it off, it's like, not in like the judicial system, but just in the general, let's say like, in like everyday society, and the fact that like the KKK is still able to be operated, not have those people be like arrested immediately is kind of really a sad part of our society that and people in Arkansas have to deal with living around the KKK every day like in Harrison Arkansas like I remember seeing a video from potentially like three months ago it might have been August of a man he went to Harrison Arkansas and hold up a BLM sign and just the amount of hate that he received like you'd hear people like yell at him and respond like F you, you know, you're like a disgrace to white people. And other people, yeah, like white pride worldwide. People call him like a dumbass. And it's really depressing. And like when you hear that, it sounds like you're trapped back into the 1960s again. Like as if no, no progress has really been made. And it's really sad when you hear that stuff. Like, I don't know. It makes you think that. Now, will we ever get to, like, true racial equality? 
Because, like, sure, like, in places like New York and Connecticut, potentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still definitely tons and tons of racism. Like, but there's still, like, way less than Harrison, Arkansas. Like, how long will it take for Harrison, Arkansas to get to us? I'd even look a possibility in, like, the next few years. Like, from, like, would have to take another 60 years for them to get to where we are. And then for us to get to where I will, I take another, like, 40 years. So it's going to be, like, 100 years till we finally tackle this problem. That just, like, really makes me sad. Exactly. I mean, I definitely, I remember I still am developing as a person. But uh, even as my younger in my younger years as a child, more of a child than a teenager, uh, my view on our nation was pristine. And it wasn't until in uh, the schooling system and outside of life that I really began to grasp how like atrocious this problem is. I remember thinking that uh, just because I had never experienced this and just because I had never really seen this in action that it didn't exist, but it is uh, so prominent in our society that these issues and these bad people are still lurking around. I mean, the development of our nation into uh, a better and more uh, equal place definitely will take time, but I think that definitely starts with the police force. I mean, looking at just recently this year, the um, homicide of George Floyd and Tao, even though there is evidence that suggests he was um, actually guilty of a crime and died because he was high on um, drugs, there is still an element uh, that shows that it is clear that the police officer who was laying on top of him did the killing. Not only uh, did he uh, die due to respiratory uh, issues caused by the drugs he was taking, but he was also killed by a police officer. And we cannot forget that, uh, especially with Breonna Taylor. There is, it is out of the question that she was killed by a police officer. And the issue of police brutality is one that cannot be ignored. I mean, Hunter, I'm sure you agree with me. It, it is one of the most prominent issues today. And I would have loved to see it tackled by some politicians. It seems overlooked by, um, by more, I wish I could um, be on camera right now with quotes, but uh, it just seems as though these issues aren't important to um, people running our government. And right now I would be using air quotes, but uh, I think these issues lack importance in our society today. And that is exactly the vibe that I'm getting off of uh, each politician, senator president all of them like it just seems as though uh our nation is brainwashed into thinking that this isn't actually an issue while um, police and angry white civilians are able to terrorize those uh minorities that make up a large portion of our nation and are incredible people with uh, a brilliant culture 
yet that is all being shot down by um angry white supremacists yeah totally and like back onto like the george floyd and brianna taylor like cases it really like saddens me that like derek chauvin always come going away with no like crime he's not gonna have to serve in jail he's not gonna go in the death penalty for killing an innocent man like no sure he got fired from his job sure people gonna hate him for the rest of his life the fact he's not even gonna be in jail like that's just like so it makes me so mad it's like he actually killed someone like he genuinely killed someone he's a murderer He's just gonna walk free. Like, unlike Walter McMillan, he actually killed someone. But you know, one of them, the difference is one's white, one's black. One lived one lived in Alabama, one lives in Minnesota. Like in the fact that one won the death penalty and one went to jail but got bailed out. It just makes me sad. And then the Brianna Taylor case, she didn't do anything. Like like there was an like an unlike I forget the name but we learned about in history class. Like there had an um un uh knock search warrant for her boyfriend, but they accidentally shot her. Like, and you know what? Like you know what the killers of Breonna Taylor had nothing. Like those policemen have faced zero repercussions for their actions. And like these aren't the only two people. There are been countless over the years of situations like this and people do not gonna hear their voices luckily through this I mean there's been tons of talk recently but truly really have not been enough if we're gonna be completely honest like most of this has been really unacceptable that and like in the ways that have been combated I guess hasn't been working either like I like I know this is like sort of a step but like even defunding the police that just, like, wasn't a good enough step, like, because that even left a more crime in neighborhoods. So, like, police reform is, like, a very important thing that must happen. Because like, we can't defund the police. We can't have totally police the way it is now. Because, as we've seen in the past few months, both of those options have been failing completely. And the fact that we just can't have some normal, like, really good training in our police force, this really angers me. And like really like tears me apart. Yeah, I, I just I would love to see action. You know, it feels as though uh, our nation has been like this for such a long time that this has become the normal. I mean, people being defined by the color of their skin and not the contents of their character. Uh, it just seems uh, it's shocking. I mean. If we were to uh, go to some other dimension, so to speak, or some other world, uh, I'm sure they would laugh at us. I mean, even other countries, uh, when thinking about like uh, what it means to be black in another nation, it is certainly a completely different story. And even what it means to be white in a different nation, uh, despite the fact that black people may be defined by um, their color of their skin, I feel like I'm defined by the color of my skin too, but not for a positive manner. I feel as though I, um, just because of the color of my skin, am assigned to a category of people who hate um, uh, 
the opposite skin tone and I don't identify with that. I would like to see that problem eradicated and I'd like to not be identified as a white person, but uh, because of my actual characteristics and my personality, uh, too little do I see this actually occur, but it's something that I'd like to see us make steps forward as a country. Uh, and like we were discussing, I believe that all starts with how the police enforce the crimes and uh, how those crimes are interpreted. Uh, just like our whole system as a, uh, as a collective is just flawed. And the only thing we can do to uh, change that is to speak up and finally do something about it. Uh, little steps at this point will not matter. We need to actually go somewhere with these issues. And it has to be a dramatic change. And I'm not sure we're all ready for that, but it will happen sometime soon. And it will be for um, a good reason. Yeah. Um, a few more things before we have to end. I'd just like to say, you know, back to sort of like, not to KKK, but sadly, um, I'd just like to bring up the murder of Ahmed Arbery. Because, you know, a man really just walked, walking down the street in Georgia. You know what? He's black, so, you know, it's apparently too suspicious. And that, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'd like to just take a brief look over of Walter McMillan. Yeah. Uh, and sort of glimpse at what his life was. Uh, he seemed to be uh, described as an amazing person who was full of great qualities, yet um, our system uh, completely changed how the public viewed him, and he endured a lot of hardship and crime. And it, do it really did not take much to ruin his life that it took so much to fix it. And that is extremely flawed and um, makes me very unhappy. And I'd like to look back over Brian Stevenson as well. Uh, and I just feel he is a sign of hope in our nation. He is uh, a little uh, a light that shines through all this darkness. And he proves that we can strive to make changes uh whilst reading the book i noticed um a a quote one quote in particular uh and it just it's an area where i saw someone motivated to dedicate their life to racial justice and i saw this because um his unique words he said but today our self-righteousness our fear and our anger have caused us to hurl stones at the people who fall down. I told the congregation that we simply can't watch that happen. We have to be stone catchers. Uh, Brian Stevenson was a stone catcher and still is to this day. His uh, enormous accomplishments in our nation should not be overlooked. Uh, he is incredibly influential and I feel, I feel as though we need more of him in our nation. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, and you have a great day, night, or morning.